Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode 42, the Nene Hilario of the Walder Sportscast. It's your host, Chris Walder, here with you once again. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. And if you want to help support me and the podcast, of course, leave a rating and review when you're done here because it helps more and more people check out the show. And if you're already following me on Twitter, you already know that the Walder Sportscast is now a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Shout out to Brandon Rewookie for reaching out and helping bring the Walder Sportscast aboard. We're playing this week to week, month to month at this point. We're seeing where this working relationship takes us, but this will not change the formula of the podcast. I can promise you that. It's something I push to maintain upon joining the network. I really enjoy the format of this show, for now anyway, and I would really like to continue moving forward with what I've created. So I'm happy to be on board. This will hopefully lead to new interviews, new sponsorships, new opportunities, things of that nature. And that all leads us into today's show, which, ironically enough, being the first of the Basketball Podcast Network era, will have more of a pro-wrestling angle, because joining me on today's podcast is my good friend Chase Thomas, who's the host of the Chase Thomas Podcast, which you can find over at Blue Wire Pods. I've been a guest on his show numerous times talking wrestling, I've always had a good time, and it's cool that I can now return the favor and have him on my show, because Chase is fantastic at what he does. Turns out podcasts at an incredible rate, quality and quantity, and he just sounds like a podcaster. There's just some people out there that have the voice for this role, and Chase is definitely one of them. But to help pay the bills around here, of course, I have to give a cheap plug to episode 41 of the Walder Sportscast when I interviewed Wendy Sparks, the incredible host of the Courtside Moms podcast and the loving mother of Toronto Raptors center Ken Burch as well. I believe Yahoo Sports Canada's William Liu, another former guest of mine, just interviewed Wendy as well, which I encourage you to seek out. She was so kind, so generous with her time. Courtside Moms is a massive hit, and I'm flattered that she carved out a spot for little old me, so go give that show a listen when you can. With all of that being said, though, my good pal Chase Thomas will be joining me after this quick break. So keep it locked. Perfect! Perfect! Joining me now is Chase Thomas, the host of the Chase Thomas podcast over at Blue Wire Podcasts, who you can follow on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. Chase, buddy, thanks for coming on my show, man. Chris, always a pleasure talking pro wrestling with you, which I I believe is what we're going to be doing on this show. But you've done it on my show several different times, so it's cool to be on the other other side of this. I was about to say, usually I'm a guest on your podcast. You've had me on so many times before. That's how we connected. And I always have a ton of fun talking professional wrestling with you, man. And But is it weird being on the other side of things, the guest being interviewed and, and not the host? Or have you done so many podcasts over the years that you can embrace both sides? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, there, one of the reasons that I got into podcasting in general was that, um, like I started out in radio in college interning and that wasn't really my thing. I didn't really like that, but I liked the audio component. 
um, because I was a writer primarily, and that was just always my focus was reading and writing. Right. And then I got into podcasting because my show in my format is it's less about like my takes and my strong opinion haver brain uh that's just not not something i'm all that into what i'm into is talking with people that will enlighten me and bring things to the table and bring new ideas and new things for me to think about and my listeners think about so i i look at it as like I always have somebody on who I believe knows more about the subject matter that I want to talk about than myself. So for me to be on the other side, it makes it gives me more pressure to, <laughs> to be the person, like the color commentator, like in sports, like we both love pro wrestling. It's that same kind of thing where like there's a difference between Corey Graves and Adnan Burke. Sure. Uh, the la- <laughs> I don't know how to describe Adnan Burke now because he is the former <laughs> Monday Night Raw commentator. But it's the same kind of thing where I am so comfortable like leading it thinking of questions, how I want to structure it, where I want to go, and like what I want to pull from it where I think that listeners will get something out of it because they're listening to the other person. They're, it's good to remember that even though my name is on the show, like it's not about me. It's about the people that I have on Monday through Friday and like learning something from them and just giving them the platform to showcase uh, what they're passionate about, what they know a lot about, because this is a very niche industry now, Chris, right? Like you do this primarily on basketball and pro wrestling and things like that. But like most people have their their thing. Like Nikias Duncan is the NBA writer that we all love and read yes. and listen to. Like that's his thing. He's not doing NFL stuff on the side. Like he is strictly an NBA person. I think that's where sports media is really gone is to everyone find their find their lane, I guess. And that is not what I've done. So what I've done instead is just having all these different people on who are in those lanes uh, come on to talk about that particular matter. But there's not a lot of people that uh, write about all sports anymore. There's not really a lot of general sports columnists. Look, you've released like 600 episodes, well over 600 at this point. You sometimes release two on the same day. (laughs) And you talk Mm -hmm. to so many different guests from a variety of different backgrounds. It almost burns me out looking through it all. Do you ever have those times where you can be overwhelmed with podcasting? Or does your passion kind of carry you through any of those periods? Burn? I don't know if it's burnout necessarily, but there are some days where, man, I really don't feel like doing it. Because part of... Part of what you have to do to make this work worthwhile is that you have to kind of get in the frame of mind to lead a show and to ask the right questions, to be engaged, to not let your mind wander. And it just, it's like a discipline type of thing that you just have to get used to. But it's just like any job, man, where there are going to be days sometimes where you're just like, man, I really don't want to do it today. Like I would rather just rest and do other stuff. And I've had those days, but by and large, I just look at it as like, I, I love the reps. I love learning stuff from other people. And I love being able to have this possibility of talking to people like this. It's not a guarantee that I can just do this forever. So that's something I also keep in the back of my mind is the gratitude of being able to have all of these awesome people that I've built connections with over seven years is that, Hey, like I, I spent a lot of time doing this and they, um, are giving me their time for free. Like, it's not like I'm paying any of these people to come on the show and talk. And it's really kind of them. And I'm really grateful that they're able to do that and want to do that and respect the show and like my work ethic and things like that enough to to do it and see it as not a waste of their time. So that keeps me going even on the days that I just uh, I'm not feeling it. It's just like exercise and everything else. Like there are just going to be some days where you're just like, man, I would rather do anything else. But you do it anyway, because at the end of the day, I don't know if you're like this, Chris, but for me, 
I'll feel guilty. Like, I'll just be like, <laughs> man, I did not get anything accomplished. I wanted done today, even though I wasn't feeling it. I do remember that you had that piece, too, for ChaseThomasPodcast.com entitled, I'm So Tired From Speaking. You mm-hmm. know, balancing podcasting, classes, your job, just being social and being with family members. Are there still those days where you wish you could be a mute? Oh, yeah. Like, my my ideal superpower, it's not even being a mute. It's just, like, being the, the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter guy. So I love, okay. I love fiction. I love that sort of thing. But Harry Potter I've read just a very <laughs> dorky amount of times in my <laughs> life. But the invisibility cloak is, like, my, my go-to where I think there's a disconnect when people hear about what I do and they're like, oh, you're a podcaster. So you talk for a living and you, you do that sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, that's not where I'm naturally most comfortable. Like, I am still a reader and writer first like i grew up kind of doing things that were very individualistic and i'm most comfortable in libraries and just in my space just reading being left alone i have my airpods in most of the time listening to other shows um and it's usually political uh to get my my mind off uh sports and everything like that because it's just a lot of my life and most of my friends are not sports people most of my uh, like my girlfriend, not a sports person. So it's it's nice to just be able to separate those parts of my life. But I also just want to do that because, man, it can be exhausting and I want to be left alone a lot. Like it's it's hard yeah. to feel to it's hard to explain to people that are not in this chair where it's like you're just talking. But it's for me, I think I'm a lot more introverted than other people might guess just based on what I do and how many podcasts I do a week. But generally speaking, I am pretty quiet. Well, I'm the same way, man. I mean, being a podcast host, you kind of touched on it earlier where this show is called The Walder Sportscast, but it's more so about the guest. You know, I don't want to hear myself ramble on and on and on. And if I did that, I wouldn't want guests on at all. It would just be me speaking into a microphone talking about basketball or professional wrestling. But there is a reason why I wanted you on my show. I think you are a great podcaster. You have a great voice for this. And I did kind of want to pick your brain about professional wrestling you know i've done it on your show many times but the tables have turned here (laughs) so now i can ask you for your takes and i kind of want to start with wrestling fans returning you know we're recording this on the thursday before aew's double or nothing event this weekend full capacity at daly's place in jacksonville and wwe as well also announced recently that live events will be returning with fans starting on july 16th Obviously, my perspective is kind of skewed because I'm here in Ontario, Canada, where a lockdown is still in place. We're still behind the USA in terms of vaccinations. But on your side, Chase, are you personally excited to see fans returning? Do you think this is too soon? Where's your head at when it comes to a live audience being present for the two biggest promotions in North America currently? I mean, as long as it's safe and they're doing it the right way, I I don't see see the problem moving forward i mean every other sporting event just about is moving in this direction um i do think it's interesting that it's still uh, a state by state and sometimes city by city basis how we're yeah. doing all this so i've never really understood uh <laughs> how that all works and how you <laughs> how you just uh come to these conclusions and the arbitrary nature it seems like uh from state to state but um I don't know. It's like out of my hands. It's like one of those things where my perspective, I always felt with this kind of stuff when we were going to reopen, when this was all going to happen was that like, 
I am just glad I am not the person in charge of making these decisions. I am glad that this is not my responsibility because I would never be able to sleep and I would be so nervous about um, creating a, a super spreader event or anything like that because I got overzealous or I jumped the gun a little bit and opened up a little bit too much too soon and then we had this and like I don't I don't know so I'm, I'm very uncomfortable like just positing on this because it's just I don't know what the data they're looking at I don't know how they're coming to these conclusions I don't know uh, what's going on there but for where we're at and just to seeing what we're like with major league baseball like atlanta my home area i think they're at 100 percent capacity for their mm-hmm. the atlanta united soccer games and braves um and then like you said you in ontario y'all are still on lockdown so it's just a very jarring discrepancy across the board so i don't know i think wrestling is significantly better with fans i mean monday night raw will always be bad uh, just being a three-hour product and <laughs> yes. fans are not like it's going to be a slog for me and I'm not going to watch it live I'll still be watching it really early on a Tuesday uh, so that won't change but in terms of like pay-per-views and like double or nothing like it's just gonna be incredible because like I was there for the best AEW show from my perspective and I, I other people think this too I don't you probably remember this show back in Atlanta last year where Cody had the Wardlow cage match oh yeah the, the, yeah so I was there for that and I was backstage and I got to see everybody and I interviewed some people and like it, it was just great like it was my favorite professional wrestling at night of all time like I, I'm not sure it'll ever be topped it was awesome so shout out to Tony Khan for making that happen that was that was great but um yeah I mean it's just there's nothing like the crowd popping for Darby Allen's return there's nothing like the crowd popping for crazy spots from the Lucha Bros like it's just going to be so much of a better experience just having that and i i can't wait because i think double or nothing is going to be a very very fun ex- excellent show well this may be a no-brainer but if you had the opportunity you know sold out crowd sea of fans would we be seeing chase thomas at one of these shows if it's in knoxville or atlanta sure or c- yes. anywhere in the states right now i guess it depends on a state-by-state basis like you said the covid rules are different everywhere yeah i it, i guess it, that would be the the way it would go but yeah i think for double or nothing like or something like that aw yes for uh some wwe shows it just depends on the card and all that <laughs> like i don't wwe events aren't as fun they're just not i've been to a lot of those too the pay-per-view events can be good but I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm pretty low on the product at the moment. Um, I'm a big Roman Reigns guy. I think SmackDown's a really good show, but they're going to run into a slog here where they're running out of challengers and Cesaro lost and he's gone and Brian lost. He's gone. And it's just, uh, they need, uh, they need some help. They need some juice over there because Roman's not going to drop the belt anytime soon. And I'm just not at all into the, the raw title scene and, um, just a lot of creative choices they've made there. And then NXT is just kind of, I don't know, just kind of there as well. Well, we'll talk about WWE, Roman Reigns, NXT in just a little bit, but I did want to touch on with you on Double or Nothing, of course, headlined by this three-way dance for the AEW world title with Kenny Omega defending against Pac and Orange Cassidy. We also have that stadium stampede with the inner circle and pinnacle. Britt Baker challenges Hikaru Shida for the women's championship, the Bucks. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the tag team titles. It's a very top-heavy card. A lot of gold up for grabs. But 
with fans back in the building. Chase, how would you kind of go about organizing this card? What are you opening with? How are you closing the show? Because it's it's a whole different vibe when there's a sold-out crowd there. Well, I think last has to be pinnacle inner circle because uh, just the stakes involved and the stadium stampede last year was just so much fun and I think it's going to be better this year. But I think there's just too much at stake and like the, the possibility that inner circle uh, goes down. You just have to save that for last. I, I don't think Agreed. there's any way you can't do that last. I also just think Pack and Orange Cassidy are awesome. I think what they've done with Orange Cassidy has been great. I think Pack is well deserved to be in the spot. Um, but there's also just no way Kenny's losing this match. So um, I would not put that on last. And I think it'll be it'll be fun. If I had to put like a dark horse main event though, it would probably be Cody Rhodes. A go-go. I think the crowd okay. will be super hot for this one, so I'd be interested to see how that goes. I, I'm i very interested to see how they do this, because I think it's going to be... I'm glad this is going to be in front of a full crowd, because I want to see how this works. I want to see if Cody gets booted out of the building. Like, I want to see <laughs> um, if more people are chanting for a go-go. Like, I, I'm very curious to see what the... That's the other thing I should mention, too, with crowds coming back, is I am so intrigued by who's over right now and i want to see where everybody is in terms of their overness i want to see who crowds have become attached to in the last year like i am so i'm so into that because that's maybe the best part of professional wrestling it's like when a daniel bryan type catches fire with the fans that is why we watch is for those just hair standing up situations on your arm when somebody hits their music hits and the crowd erupts like there's yeah. just nothing like it right well is it going to be hard to gauge that at double or nothing because i feel like the fans in, in attendance you know some may have been there consistently for dynamite tapings or what have you but i think everyone's going to kind of be over everyone's just going to be excited to see pretty much any wrestling at this point and with a sold out crowd Maybe it'll be difficult to see who is over with the audience, who isn't. I think there will only be one stinker on this card, which is good because there are 10 matches, I think. Um, and what's that? Oh, uh, can you guess? I'll, I'll, I'll point it back to you. What would you guess, I think, is just going to be like you got to fast forward through this one. This uh, Maybe the Casino Battle Royal? No, that's fun. I love a good Casino Battle Royal. No, I'm running no. through the card in my head right now. I mean, depending on how far a go-go is uh, in his development, maybe him and Cody might be the stinker. Is that what you're alluding to? Or, or no. what match are you not? A go-go might just be the Goldberg of this company where like I'm just excited because I think all the matches will be short and a banger and really quick and really aggressive like i i will always be here could for a be. goldberg match he could be 65 i'm gonna tune in for a goldberg match but um no it's sting and darby allen versus scorpio sky and ethan page really even can with a live that. audience it's sting it's his first match you know in front of a live audience and i believe six years you don't think the audience will carry this to respectability or is sting gonna just stink up the joint between the ropes i just don't think he's good anymore like we saw <laughs> we saw what it looked like just a couple years ago and i just i don't I don't know. And I'm also just not invested at all in Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page and Skimmick. Like, okay. Ethan Page choosing AEW was a, I'm not going to say catastrophic, but it was a bad choice. It was a poor choice for him. Like, look at MSK on NXT. Look at Trey Miguel and Impact. Like, they're building around him now. Yeah. Um, Page went to a company where there's just no path for him. Like, AEW is stacked. Like, AEW is like Atlanta. We're closed. We have too many people can't come in no more people are allowed to move here like aew should have a sign tony khan's like sorry the cody gif of the hand of the ear gotta stop it we're we're closed we have too many people we don't even have enough room for the people that we do have if 
we're going to sign anybody. It's someone to beef up our women's division. That is their only priority. It should be is adding more folks to the women's division. Outside of that, no. You look at this. Look at how stacked this card is with a main event talent. Like it's unreal how much talent is in this company right now. Ethan Page. It's not an indictment on Page and Sky. It's just mm -hmm. there's nowhere for them to go. Miro was running into that wall until recently. Like there's just there's a pecking order. What are you going to do? Put them above Moxley? and kenny omega nah. like are you going to do that no of course not because they're just bigger and better so there's just there's no room for growth and a lot of these guys are in their prime and page is a great promo i've enjoyed his work i loved him as a member of the north but alexander has been x division champion i think he's still x division champion as of he this is, recording yes. like page has just fallen off and if he had just gone to nxt which has a gap at the top of the card like i was just very very surprised he didn't make that jump because or just stay in impact where he would have been treated as the top guy you just kind of gave me an opening right there because i want to switch gears to nxt briefly because mm. a lot of wrestling fans were excited for the brand to get its own night away from AEW, but right now those ratings are not looking too hot. I believe the the latest show with Karrion Cross and Finn Balor for the NXT title fell below the 700,000 viewer mark. What do you see as the show's biggest problem right now? Because you said that there's not enough talent at the top and you think a guy like Ethan Page would have been a seamless fit because you know because nxt right now the excuse of splitting the audience down the middle is no longer there AEW is no longer a factor and i think there are several major issues plaguing that brand at the moment i don't know i think it's just indifference to the brand like there's nothing like karen cross i like a lot finn balor i like a lot but there's just nothing nothing popping like undisputed air broke up um they've it just i don't know it, it looks fine like nxt when you watch nxt every week like yeah. it's a fine show like it's just probably it's in a rut and losing the war to AEW and moving nights probably not the best look um having it on a tuesday the night after monday night raw is just that's a bummer back to back um you no one wants to follow monday night raw um impact struggle in the the tuesday spot and they got out of it they moved yeah. back to thursday like tuesday i think is just a more difficult spot anyway but i don't know i think they're just the what i would do they will never do like because they're on usa like i just don't the answer is so clear to me chris which is you give nxt back to an hour show like we the best thing about nxt was takeovers that's it like yes. that is why full stop that is why we watched nxt and why people fell in love with it it wasn't the full sale 15 people crowd that lost their minds and all that kind of stuff every week that was not it it was oh my goodness shinsuke nakamura kevin owens finn balor just name after name Sami Zayn. they were so good on these nxt takeover shows like andrade was incredible on these takeover shows it made oh, yeah. drew mcintyre look like he didn't stink like it was an amazing <laughs> beautiful thing on uh, nxt takeovers like i love them and i'm excited for crowds to be back for that but the weekly shows it's just there's not a lot there they're kind of boring they're kind of stale and you don't need to have two hours of it i would just make eight to nine on mondays nxt you're okay. already on usa make nine to 11 Monday Night Raw. You fix Monday Night Raw by getting rid of the two, three hour format, but you also still give USA three hours of content. They want the three hours, just give them that. Why not? You didn't have anything on Tuesdays before NXT anyway. 
But is it going to be a similar problem to what AEW has right now? You just said not too long ago that the roster is too big for the time mm-hmm. that they have a lot of each and every week. And NXT is only growing and growing and growing with these more signings. Do you think going back to an hour would kind of limit what they're capable of doing? I mean, a lot of people would not get weekly TV time. That's good. I'm very pro not having weekly TV time. Like it makes we, it makes us miss you. Like it makes us wonder, oh, what? I can't wait to see person X again. Like AEW does a really good job of not having everybody on week in, week out. Like I enjoy that. Like I think it makes it, like it, it makes it more special when Brock Lesnar appears every now and then. Like I, right. I enjoy that more. Look, I think one of the biggest problems with NXT right now is that we're seeing a lot of guys that have been there for many, many years. You know, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, guys like that have been staples of the brand for so long. And I think what WWE has kind of forgotten to do is that it's a developmental brand. These guys are designed to go up to Raw and SmackDown and elevate those brands, especially a show like Monday Night Raw, which is three hours each and every week why are we not seeing some of those guys move on to weekly television and nxt that main event scene is getting quite stale and a guy like Karrion cross for example feels more so like a guy that should be headlining wwe pay-per-views a monday night raw a smackdown he doesn't kind of fit that NXT mold and I know he's gotten a lot of heat recently for you know his match quality I I did see his title bout with Finn Balor I thought it was quite good one of his better matches but do you think the championship scene right now in NXT with Cross atop the card does that need to be rectified would you rather see somebody else in that role no I mean it's fine like I if I had it my way I would have just put the belt on Kyler Riley. I think Kyler Riley's just awesome. And I think there's a lot of fun there. And I think he would have been a really fun top babyface champion for a while. I think it's just hard to sink your teeth into cross because it's all about the entrance and the presentation. The I guess it's kind of like the Bray Wyatt syndrome yeah. where the Fiend entrance was so cool and such a spectacle, wasn't it? SummerSlam when he debuted the like the sound effects and everything, I want to say a couple years ago now. It was, yeah. That was amazing. Like everyone was all in and then he gets in the ring and you're like, oh, he's still Bray Wyatt. Like Bray Wyatt, the wrestler, still stinks. And that's why you can't build around him, a show around him is because if he was a great in-ring worker, like the potential is just unreal. But he just, he can't. Like he can't work and we've tried it over and over again. But the character, the Firefly Flunhouse, the entrances, the character work, the promos, those are all good. He's mastered that, but he doesn't have that. So I think Karen Cross and the NXT creative people behind his character and presentation nailed it like he looks cool coming out he looks he has the look him and scarlet bordeaux is great but like there's something about when he gets in the ring where you're like oh right this dude's not even close to finn balor's level like he's not close to adam cole's yeah. level he's not close to these guys he's still just um it's just a different kind of champion so it's just really hard to sink your teeth into his style when there's so much talent around him and i think that's just harder for guys like that because you can't get by like you could have maybe 20 years ago being an okay wrestler but a great talker and great presentation that kind of guy those those guys don't work anymore well i doubt i'm gonna have carry and cross anytime soon on my podcast you know after the <laughs> the words we just had for him but you know what chase i don't I- have anything against hold on i don't have anything against carry and cross i just I, I think if you had an honest conversation with him and i think i would be curious to know what he thinks does he think that he's on finn Balor? level in the ring and I'd, I'd be curious to know his actual answer there because there is some sort of self-awareness that's involved here where a lot of the best wrestlers know like tjp i had him on my podcast like months ago and yeah 
he's talked about like how critical Shawn Michaels was to what he was helping him with and, and like behind the scenes when with the Cruiserweight Classic and everything. And like he he understands like what he can do and what he can't and what he is good at, who he can work with, who he can't. Like there's just a lot of people. I think it was Rusev who said uh, or Miro, but he said it during his time as Rusev. He won't work with Pac anymore because Pac injured him. And like CM Punk had his guys that he didn't want to work with. I think it's just more of like you understand what makes me look good, what doesn't, what yeah. I'm good at, what I'm not. Like Karen Cross is just not someone who's going to have an Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, forty minute <laughs> banger. That that's all we're saying. It's it's just different. Are you still driving the TJP is the best wrestler in the world bandwagon? Absolutely. Like TJP <laughs> is still the the best wrestler in the world. Like he is still like I don't think there's anyone who solved professional wrestling like TJP is. Just strictly in ring. to bring you a special report. Before we get back to my interview with Chase Thomas, just a friendly reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the absolute best when it comes to below-the-belt grooming for men. Go balls to the Walder with the Walder Sportscast and Manscaped. And if you haven't heard, my friends over at Manscaped have just released their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And I encourage you to pick up the Lawnmower 4.0 or any of Manscaped's amazing grooming products. So with this exclusive offer, you will receive 20% off your purchase with free worldwide shipping when you use the code WALDER at manscaped.com. Proper grooming is key for all men out there. And let me tell you, this shaver is the cream of the crop. We're talking a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. We've got a 4000K LED light for those precise shaves. We've even got a wireless charging dock with electromagnetic induction so the battery doesn't die out on you nearly as quickly. It even has multiple guard lengths with multiple sizes as well. If you're shaving your face and your master of ceremonies, shout out Austin Powers, with the same shaver, you're absolutely doing it wrong. And that's also kind of gross. So eliminate that problem altogether with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. So get 20% off and free shipping. That's free shipping. With the code WALDER, W-A-L-D-E-R, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using code WALDER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, back to my interview with Chase Thomas. Well, Chase, I do this segment every so often on my show simply titled, Likely or unlikely. I'm going to throw some scenarios at you, and all you have to do is just say if it's likely or unlikely and tell me why. Sound good? I'm terrified, but yes. <laughs> likely or unlikely, Jimmy Smith, the former Bellator analyst, will have at least 12 months as the play-by-play -play man for Monday Night Raw, and this, of course, comes off the heels of Adnan Verk's release after just a month's work. I would have said unlikely before Tom Phillips got released today. So the fact that Phillips is not just in the background gives me more optimism about him. And it, it, like I think there was a report that Cole has been working with him behind the scenes for a little while. And you know that they've wanted to get in on the UFC guys behind the mic. And they just brought in yeah. Pat McAfee to be the color guy for SmackDown. Um, I'll say likely. Well, like you said, it was reported today that Tom Phillips was one of the many cuts recently made by WWE. So likely or unlikely, 
Phillips was the most underappreciated announcer in the company and should have been utilized more. Does this include color commentary? Yes. Uh, I would say no, because I thought it was Big Show. I was driving the Big Show is actually a great commentator. And I don't know why they don't just put him behind the booth, because he should have been one of the color guys. Um, and also Samoa Joe, but maybe that wasn't their call. But I'll say, in terms of play-by-play, -play, yes. Likely or unlikely, you bring up Samoa Joe, you know, released on April 15th of this year, Samoa Joe will end up in Impact Wrestling, a return to his TNA roots, and not AEW. Likely. You think a return to the ring may be in the cards for him, because he has been announcing as of late. We're not sure what his injury status is. I think that was one of the reasons why he was behind the mic. Do you see Samoa Joe getting back in the ring? Likely, yes. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a mixture of him and Impact and uh, uh, ROH, would be my guess, but yeah. Likely or unlikely, Roman Reigns' current run as the Universal Champion will take him through next year's WrestleMania. Oh, very likely. Lock that in. Just that you can play it back and roast me if I'm wrong on this one. Very likely. 1,000% chance. Are we just setting him up for a match with The Rock? Do you think that's the guy who takes the belt off him? I don't know if The Rock will ever be allowed to do that anymore. Like, are we sure that Hollywood and everything else, the highest paid actor in Hollywood, is just going to be allowed to go against Roman Reigns and really have a... A, a big family feud and a back and forth like he did with Cena. I don't know. I have my doubts. I don't think it'll be The Rock. No. Well, it was The Rock who took the title off of CM Punk, you know, his record setting. That was a ring. long time ago, though. Yeah, but he was still one of the biggest actors in Hollywood. That's true. That's true. How old is The Rock now? Let me pull this up. I'm curious. He's getting up there. He must almost be 50. Yeah, he is 49. Okay. I don't know. I won't say The Rock, but I will say I, my, my point stands on the, the likely that Roman Reigns keeps it through next year's WrestleMania. Likely or unlikely, the presumed breakup of AEW's inner circle will ultimately be a huge negative for Santana and Ortiz. I love Santana. Um, talk to him backstage. He's a, he's a great dude. I love Santana. Um, no, I think that will actually be a positive for them. I think there, there will be some negatives in that group. Like, uh, not Jake's, uh, <laughs> how do I, let, let's, let's see if I can say his name without saying his name. Uh, there's a certain larger figure in the inner circle that I think will be hurt significantly more than Santana Ortiz. And I think Guevara will be very okay on his own, but, uh, no, I'll say they'll be fine. Do you think maybe Jake Hager will stick around with Chris Jericho? You know, there was, it was Jericho who was adamant that he needed a larger body. He wanted this in WWE, and Jack Swagger back in the day in WWE would have been a perfect fit. Maybe he sticks around as his number two, but I guess with the rules of this stadium stampede match, that might be kind of blurring the lines there. It might be difficult to pull that off. Yeah, um, but it is professional wrestling, so they can change the rules whenever they want. It doesn't matter. They can they can do whatever. They can be like, well, except for Jake uh, Jake Hager, he can he can stay with uh, Jericho. I actually would be okay with that. I think he would fit the Tomko role pretty well. Tyson Tomko deep cut. Likely or unlikely, you and I discussed this on your show recently. Monday Night Raw's tag team division is at its strongest in quite some time. Likely, yes. How many tag teams can you name on Monday Night Raw right now? Uh, Lucha House Party. Uh, can we say Lashley and MVP? Uh, no, AJ we cannot. AJ Styles and Omos, New Day, uh, Jackson Riker and Elias, uh, Riddle and Orton. Let me think. Oh, Miz and Morrison. Oh, well, but Miz is unfortunately out, out for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you a fan of the uh, Jackson Riker defeating AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw? A lot of people seem to be turned off by that. Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you a Jackson Riker stan? Uh, no. 
no, 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 no. It also just the the my whole thing is like it doesn't matter. Who cares? Like the it's Monday Night Raw. I I can't get upset and just be like, oh, what are they doing with this booking? It's like it's a three hour slog, and it doesn't matter. Nothing that happens on Monday Night Raw is of any consequence to me. Do you like that more so about AEW? They try and treat wins and losses like they they matter. They lead to title shots. Correct. Yes, it matters a lot more on another particular brand like AEW. Yes, likely or unlikely, despite calls from fans as well as recent reports, Finn Balor is going to stay in NXT through the summer. Through the summer? Yes, past SummerSlam. I think he'll be in NXT past SummerSlam. Yes. Do you think it's time for him to come up to the main roster though? Maybe after SummerSlam? Maybe even sooner? I mean, him, Adam Cole. There's a lot of guys I think could really benefit from the change. But my my whole thing is like, why do they not just have more guys do the Tyler Breeze? fandango thing just move down like nxt should not be seen as like you're still on television and like you said with the staleness of the top of the card and nxt just cycle some people in and out like give them a breath of fresh air when they are booked poorly on monday night raw like i would absolutely put oscar back in nxt for a little bit like just let her get revitalized down there rack up some wins again get away from ripley and (laughs) i don't know i think there should be more of that i think there should be more uh contrast and it energizes them because they know that they'll be treated better there than they would on uh the red or blue brand so i uh i don't know i think balor would make a lot more sense on raw uh because i i just if you're a top guy i don't know why you want to be anywhere near smackdown i guess it does help to be in the same ring as roman reigns and it ups your stock like cesaro looks a lot better having gone toe-to-toe with roman reigns but there's just a there's a ceiling there and the show is going to be about the head of the table for the foreseeable future well when finn balor does make his way to the roster i think it's inevitable at this point is there somebody else that you think can go down to nxt and kind of fill that role that he had you know the veteran who has been on raw and smackdown for quite some time that could use a little bit of a refresh you mentioned oscar is there anybody else give me who do you have oh you know i mean keith lee it'd be great to see him uh just (laughs) ever again he should be Um, on tv in, in the first place that's the problem i think a lot of people would have said cesaro until he got this recent push no i think cesaro's got a good spot on the roster he feels like a main roster lifer for some reason i don't know why um Mm -hmm. i guess i would probably throw out ricochet makes a lot of obvious sense um to kind of get uh a lot of his main roster stink off him i think Um, kevin owens would be a great fit kevin owens but i also just love kevin owens and i think he's he's also fine wherever he is i would probably throw out you know who would actually be a sneaky good one to throw out because i was gonna say alistair black until recently and i think he's yeah actually, oh murphy murphy murphy, I think murphy yeah. would actually be awesome because he is just such a fun professional wrestler and i think he would be awesome just having banger after banger in nxt for a little bit do you think he needs a new name i know they cut the buddy out but you think he just needs a complete rebrand because i think he is one of the more underrated performers in either AEW, WWE, NXT, the fact that he's not on television right now, quite the crime. Yeah, no, I think he definitely does. I mean, his real name's what? Like, yeah, Matthew Adams. So, yeah, um, that's not happening. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I think he de- definitely needs something, but his and ring work speaks for itself. Like, that dude, what? who was it where he was just having match after match? Who was that feud with? I'm already, oh, was that Mustafa Ali? That was Mustafa Ali. It was, where, yeah. Yeah, they had that insane series of matches. So, throw Ali in that mix too well chase i do appreciate you talking some wrestling with me i know this is difficult for you being on the other end but i do appreciate your takes but we are drawing to a close here but like i do on all of my other shows i have some fun questions to send you on your way okay
whenever I ask a wrestling expert to come on the show, I ask this question because there may be listeners out there who aren't as overly familiar with the sport as we are. You know, this is, I try to talk as much basketball as possible, but I do sprinkle in some wrestling. So Chase, give me three matches that any non-wrestling fan should check out to convert them into an actual fan. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, really putting me on the spot here, Chris. Um, There's a lot to choose from, I know. There really is, man. I mean, my number one, I think still today, is WrestleMania 21 Angle versus HBK. Thank you. I've had um, other go- wrestling guys in the past, and they haven't said that. That's like one of my all-time favorites. Oh, I love that one so much. Brock Lesnar beating John Cena in 12 seconds. Uh, <laughs> what year? What was that? What pay-per-view was that? You mean the one where he just kind of like, it was basically a squash? I don't know if it was yes, 12 where he seconds. Just F-5'd was, him. He just yeah. F-5'd him to death. Like, it was, that was SummerSlam, still, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would pick that one just because of the crowd and just the stunned nature of everything involved. Like, everything about that was incredible. Because I just think you would, to get a casual fan in there, you're like, what just happened? Like, that's one of those what just happened that was insane and just to explain like yeah that's like the most dominant champion and most dominantly booked professional wrestler (laughs) in our lives just getting squashed in hilarious fashion i would throw that so i got hbk angle and then probably i might go do i go aw mox versus jericho win mox win the title i might pick that too thank you for not picking the barbed wire exploding death no. match that uh you know blew up in their faces literally and figuratively yeah no i might yeah i think that one might be there i'm trying to think if there's any other main ones that i'm just i'm forgetting here uh none of the triple h undertaker hbk series i mean hbk taker was not bad i'm surprised i didn't throw out a daniel bryan or a um CM Punk one, but there's not for a casual to get them in. I don't know if I could pick pinpoint like one for either of them. They run um, they run together after a while, you know, very similar yeah. styles. Yeah. So that, that, that's my theory off the top of my head. Well, another recurring question I ask concerns television. You know, I'm curious what shows you may be currently watching or what the last great show that you binged is. The lady and I went through leftovers. Never did okay. Love the leftovers. Really dark, really heavy, but it was worth it. It was a fun ride. What's the premise of the leftovers for someone who's never seen it before, like myself? It's like a, I would say, a secular perspective on the rapture. Wow. That's, yeah, I would heavy. have never guessed that. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So you guys are a fan, eh? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, three seasons. It was uh, created by the, it's based on a book, but also recreated by Damon Lindelof, who did lost uh i'm trying to think what other show i, I hate watch something recently um, <laughs> hate watched. <laughs> yeah I, I hate watch things from time to time i think it's just being a professional wrestling fan you're conditioned to hate watch stuff like i don't do it watching yeah i've gotten a lot more into reality shows so i, I just finished what is it called oh too hot to handle i oh, can find that on netflix it's incredible great show i've i've just become enamored by the dia the dialogue the the nature of these programs i i'm all in too hot to handle love is blind the circle the circle yes wasn't someone from too hot to handle on the on the second season of the circle see you're in on it yeah chloe shout out to chloe shout out to chloe what a character nearly won She should have won. She did the the most ridiculous thing where she picked Trevor as her like number one on her list. Spoiler alert, folks. But like, there was no reason for her to do that. Courtney, who finished third, did the smart thing by just picking the biggest threats as the number five. Like, she did it wrong. She was just like, well, she's my best friend on the show, so I'm going to put her number one. But that that caused everything to backfire for Chloe. Just a an un, unspeakable disaster to to wrap up uh, season two of The Circle. I was beside myself. 
Well, now I have to have you back on the show. We got to analyze both seasons of the American Circle because I fell in love with that show. I can't <laughs> believe it. I'm such an adamant Twitter user that the whole communicating through DMs and whatnot, I thought that was great. But again, I'll have you back on. We'll talk more about the Circle. But I know one show that you've seen quite often and you've actually written a lot about is Boy Meets World. Mm. You know, you go in depth, you offer more than just the standard review. Chase, of the main characters on that show, which character have you found the most frustrating? The most frustrating? Um, Whether it's their decisions, their dialogue, the character itself, who just pisses you off the most? No one pisses me off on Boy Meets World. I, it's a very delightful, delightful show. <laughs> it makes me feel good whenever I watch it. So I, I, I don't know if I would say piss me off, but like who's the most frustrating is probably, it's probably Corey, just because I identify with a lot <laughs> of his issues of growing up and things that he just doesn't see that I've I've written about where it's like okay he's experiencing this and this is like how I can apply it to my life my upbringing and things like that of just pulling out themes and what he learns and the self-righteousness that he exposes it or exposes it sometime and eh, I don't know like he's just um he's very stubborn and he uh he thinks he's got certain things uh under control or he understands and sees the world a certain way and um is very adamant about the the way he sees it even though it's uh maybe not the best way to, to approach his daily life but um i don't know I, I guess i would say Corey there were you one of the many young boys out there who had a crush on topanga growing up no not really my type i'm not gonna lie i was not a big <laughs> topanga person no um growing up i guess my i'm trying to think who i mean i used to watch uh desperate housewives and my mom every oh, single wow. night yeah, that was like our thing. We watched Desperate Housewives together, and Evil and Gory was probably early on number one. Uh, but before that, I guess middle school, it was probably like the WWE Divas, to be completely honest. <laughs> it wasn't really uh, Boy Meets World Topanga. Like, that was uh, pretty... Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't really Topanga. It was probably more... Uh, probably Candace Michelle back in the day. Candace uh, Michelle? Okay. You're dropping yeah. names today. Tyson Stacey Tomko. Keebler. Oh, Stacey Keebler. Stacey Keebler. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Stacey Keebler is probably my answer there. I was a big Molly Holly fan myself. Interesting. Very underrated. Okay. And I'm talking about her in-ring work, <laughs> just to put it out there. there. That was a different time. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> well, talking about how frustrating Corey Matthews can be, I also have to think that being a bartender in your past probably had some frustrating moments for you. Do you have any stories about any awkward patrons or perhaps someone who royally pissed you off on the job? Do you have any exciting stories in that regard? I mean, that happens every day. Like there are gonna be people <laughs> that come in, like that's an everyday occurrence when you work in the service industry, but you can meet some stuff. I wish I had, like, I wish I had more time to think about it. Cause I'm, uh... I catch my guests off guard, man. That's how I know, I but these the are show. things that are like, several years like i think i'm like parsing through a lot of different times go into mm. the vault man i'm going into the vault i'm doing what i can uh <laughs> there was one guy who i'm trying to think of what i can actually tell on this podcast you can tell uh, whatever you want man incorrect incorrect chris <laughs> um, we're gonna hear some dark stuff apparently well i mean i don't know if it's necessarily dark but uh, i don't know like uh the concert venues, it's just amazing. Like, I bartended at a place that was right next to an arena that did a lot of big concerts. And this was back in Atlanta. And it just did concert night of just how insane that can be of people just yelling. Like, if you look up, you just have, like, 19 different people shouting at you for Bud Lights. And just yeah. the, the craziness uh, that was involved with that was just unreal. Like, I can never uh, just recreate that at any job ever of just, like, 
it being back to the room and just knowing that you have you're you're in hell and you have to understand <laughs> that you're in hell and you're going to be in hell for the next several hours and then there was like this calm period where they're all in the concert but like we couldn't relax because we knew that they were going to come out of the concert and we were still going to be open so they a lot of them were going to come back in just hammered like that was just a that was a weird weird night uh weird nights i guess plural because like man until you've worked a bar uh next to a big concert night like it's it's unlike anything else one day i'm gonna pry from you some of these like really interesting juicy stories from your bartending days man next time you come on the podcast which uh, hopefully you want to do i want you to be prepared with some really hardcore stuff from being a bartender because i I I mean it's not really hardcore i don't know what you're thinking about like what it's not like it it's just a lot of people that you know yeah a lot of my stories are just i got to know a lot of different random people and it's been by and large a mostly positive experience like it it also really helps with the reps and talking to strangers and keeping conversations going like it's really helped yeah. me with the podcast so i think a lot of it for me was mostly positive i mean there will always be situations where you're like oh this person's cut off and i have to go get a manager because i'm like yeah i'm really worried about this person like I, they just uh i don't think this is gonna go well because you know if you're someone who actually cares about your patrons and things like that you gotta like watch out for them and just be like oh I, but you don't want to be the person because then it's going to be a problem and you never know how it's going to go so that's always uncomfortable if you have to get uh, management involved with stuff like that but i don't know i just uh and by and large it's been mostly mostly positive well look at you being a model bartender looking out for the patrons like that i respect that because i've heard some stories from other bartenders in my life and they don't paint as nice a picture but I must say, on your end, it must be an entirely different world. Maybe in the States, it's a lot more tame. I can tell you, though. I, I'll tell you this one. I'll tell you this one. I just thought about it. So I'll okay. <laughs> wrap up here. This was... Uh, I, I gotta... I'm gonna do a broad... Like, if there was a place that I worked at where I bartended, and uh, there was a mask mandate and everything going on, and I watched, because this has been a hard year on everybody, right? Mm. Some people handled it better than others, and some people handle masking and protecting your fellow American and things like that uh, differently, Chris. And yes. uh, I watched in real time just a crazy shouting match, and this person get kicked out and drive away and like just like get banned for life essentially um, at this particular establishment, and uh, that was that was wild. I've never seen it in real time of just like the both sides just like losing their absolute mind and shouting at each other getting it like got in their face because they were wearing a mask of like you don't need it was, it was crazy like that one was terrifying because i was like i don't know where this is gonna go like this is unreal unreal people are crazy sometimes <laughs> well lastly case i gotta sneak in a quick basketball question for you i know you're an atlanta hawks guy we're recording this the day after the hawks dropped game two at madison square garden to the chris you're breaking Knicks. up Chris, Chris, you're breaking up. I don't know where. <laughs> well, I look, personally, I'm not too intertwined into Hawks Twitter. I just need to know, as a Hawks guy, do you ever get sick watching Luka Doncic out in Dallas and what he's doing? What are you doing to me? What, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are know, we ending man? on this? This is, this mean, is the it, note I want to end on. <laughs> I mean, for me, it the only thing that gets me riled up now is if people like bring it upon themselves. So if Hawks fans are just like, oh, try it. Like, if you bring up the conversation, it'll irritate me, and I'll just be like, "Well, well, no, like he's not. And you lost it. We we lost the trade, and like it's over. Like Luka Doncic yeah. is hitting one footers and just taking down Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like it's nothing. 
Trey's and he's doing his thing. Trey's been awesome. Like he has not been the problem these last two games. Just his game winner in game one was incredible, and last night was not on him. But you know, I I don't know. I think it's fine. I'm just trying to enjoy Trey because ultimately it doesn't come down to him. It's not his fault. Um, it's Travis Schlink's fault and it's ownership's fault. But I just don't think it's a good existence to be mad about it forever. Like I it, I just feel like I'll be wasting my time just being mad about it for years and years um and i he's still a great player he's still getting a multi-time all-star he's still a lot of fun to watch but definitely is he luka Doncic? no will he ever be luka Doncic? no did the hawks lose the trade yes is luka Doncic <laughs> always gonna be better than trey young absolutely <laughs> but i can't live in this world where i'm just mad about that every day it's not healthy i appreciate that about you man i respect that attitude i respect that mindset before we go let me know nicks hawks tied 1-1 how does that series end i've gone back and forth on this um be the homer, man. Tell me, Atlanta and five. No, it won't be five. Atlanta's not going. Uh, I'm really concerned about Nate. I think Nate might just be a bad playoff coach. I think we're nearing that point. I think Tom Thibodeau did a lot of things in game two that Nate did not adjust for. The 35-minute issue for the starters and the way he's uh, distributing minutes. I am going to say Knicks and seven. Well, you heard it here first, Knicks and seven. Even from a Hawks fan, it might be demoralizing for any Hawks fans listening to this podcast, but... Case Buddy, I want to thank you so much for doing my show. It was only a matter of time until we reverse the rules here, and I'm glad we can make it happen. But before we sign off, just remind the listeners where they can find you on the web. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow me at Chase, double underscore Thomas. Go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can get all my previous episodes and get all the access to the articles that we talked about on this very podcast. A great podcast the walder sports podcast yeah go do that like me on facebook facebook.com slash chase thomas writer uh you can go to my patreon support me on patreon by going to patreon.com slash chase thomas writer as well and you know chris would he would back me up on this if you like listening to he and i talk on his podcast what he would love nothing more than for you <laughs> to go to chase thomas podcast on apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review it means more to him for you to do that for my podcast than his own but here's the great thing you can do both right back to back 10 seconds hit his on apple podcast with the five-star rating review and then hit my own after that that would be great <laughs> chase you're the man bud thanks again for doing this thanks for having me man and that was my interview with chase thomas go check out his work at chase leave him a five-star review on a show and of course Follow him on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. He actually did a show prior to recording with me, so I greatly appreciate him coming on. I respect how difficult it is doing multiple shows a day, especially when you go from being the host to a guest right after. But Chase is a pro and he sounded great, so I thank him once again for chatting it up with me. This has been episode 42 of the Walder Sportscast. Go ahead and leave a rating and review on today's show if you like what you heard. Find me wherever you download your podcasts, including but not limited to Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, and Amazon. And a friendly reminder to use promo code WALDER at manscaped.com to receive free shipping and 20% off of your next order. That's promo code WALDER, W-A-L-D as in dog, E-R, at manscaped.com. For now, though, that's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.